5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Albert McClinton to start uh, the drive home today. Uh, rain will likely be plaguing you near the end of our uh, hour here today. Uh, but a cold, cloudy Friday afternoon. Boy, so much to get to. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Robert Jones, ECU All-American in football, three-time Super Bowl champ. He'll be with us in a little bit. We'll talk the Super Bowl with him. Uh, we're going to have uh, Cy Seymour on, too. Had a chance to talk to Cy before the Pirates boarded the bird to Philadelphia. ECU and uh, Temple tomorrow. Winnable game for the Pirates on the road, but they'll have to play well as a young team. And uh, we'll wrap it all up with Nikki Novak a little later on in the show from Fandango. She's covered the Super Bowl and actually has a, uh, a connection to a Super Bowl uh, an NFL star that she befriended in covering the Super Bowl all those years. Uh, hey, welcome in. Thank you for being with us on a Friday here. A uh, couple of news and notes to get to. Of course, the Trip Weaver stuff was reported uh, earlier this morning. It was made official by ECU today. He's had some time here in Greenville. Ben Byron will have more on that. He was at Western Carolina, just been named defensive coordinator, and had not been the D.C. for a snap and uh, is now joining the defensive staff at uh, ECU uh, with uh, Coach Houston and Blake Harrell, the newly named defensive coordinator. Some bad news for Pirate Baseball today. Gavin Williams, who we really had uh, a good time getting to know uh, a a little better uh, a few weeks ago here on the radio, uh, is uh, likely to miss the start of the season. In fact, Ronnie Woodward from the Daily Reflector saying that he will miss the start of the season, uh, an injury to a finger on his throwing hand the ECU baseball banquet tomorrow night. And uh, I'm sure many of you may see Gavin Williams out at that and uh, don't know what uh, kind of shape his hand is in or the extent of the injury, but it is a finger injury. And uh, Ronnie Woodward at least reporting that uh, there's no timetable for a return. Uh, We will see. It was projected that in a couple of weeks from today, Gavin Williams would be getting the ball to start the season for the Pirates. That seemed like a very light, a very big likelihood for Coach Cliff Godwin. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, Coach Godwin's bunch uh, now. Uh, we also have uh, a report today uh, from some folks into me. I guess Mike Houston spoke with the Board of Visitors at ECU, talked uh, uh, glowingly about uh, Mason Garcia this morning. Uh, and uh, what kind of uh, future he could have in an ECU uniform. He also talked about uh, recruiting, so a good visit there overall. Uh, there are the uh, continued reports. Carrie Travis from the uh, uh, Carolina Journal has posted this redacted transcript of a conversation that two ECU Board of Trustees uh, had with a student they were trying to encourage to uh, – run for student body president. In other words, the, the president of the students on campus has representation on the board of trustees. 
And even though it's never stated, I, and I read through it very quickly before we went on the air here, but uh, it, it, although it's never stated, uh, there seems to be an implication of if we back you and support you for president, uh, you'll kind of vote with our alliance when it comes to matters on the board of trustees for ECU, uh, which, you know, is, is kind of interference in, in uh, an election, even if it's at the student government level. Uh, there's a couple things that, you know, there's various press reports about trustees, uh, these two trustees saying, we'll back you uh, as long as you don't tell where the money came from. Again, those are press reports from what I've uh, seen and heard today. One of the things that stood out to me was the members, uh, these two trustee members talking to this student about openly about cutting some sports at ECU. Uh, the whole thing is up. Carrie Travis's uh, Twitter feed has it. And uh, if you don't uh, have Twitter, you can find someone that does or create your own account. Uh, and it's uh, worth going through and reading. Again, I kind of scanned this quickly. I mean, I read it as thoroughly as I could. Some pages are a little, a little easier to follow than others because of the redactions, but uh, uh, that uh, could be something that we'll be exploring, at least from the sports standpoint, uh, in the uh, next uh, little bit. Uh, all I'll say about that is um, it's now, I guess it's now a fair question because it's out in the public domain. At least trustees have said this publicly and, and Carrie's a reporter, so it's out in the domain there. So we'll we'll kind of follow that up as we feel like we need to over the next few days. But some of the things when you read that are, are very disturbing. I understand we're very close to having a board of trustees meeting, so we'll, we'll see how all of that goes in the coming days. But I would encourage you to go to Carrie Travis, K-A-R-I, Travis, uh, on Twitter, she is uh, with uh, the Carolina Journal and has basically put out the entire transcript. It's a 50-some-odd page transcript of the call, and it's uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, we do need to get a break because we've got to get uh, up with Robert Jones. We, uh, we're going to get up with him early here and uh, talk to him about uh, the Super Bowl, uh, Zay Jones's season. He was traded from uh, Buffalo to Oakland, and we will talk with the uh, – uh, former ECU All-American, top draft pick out of ECU, played with the Cowboys, among others, winning Super Bowls, uh, about this year's Super Bowl and a lot more when we return on The Patrick Johnson Show. Anywhere, anytime. That's a bold statement. Listen to us on your smart speaker. Simply ask Alexa or Google to stream WRHD and connect with us at home, work, or anywhere. We're on TuneIn Radio at 94.3 The Game. So take us anywhere you go. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. The Super Bowl, the big game happening this weekend. Robert Jones uh, will be back in North Carolina. ECU All-American, a Super Bowl champion in his own right. He joins us uh, here on uh, the Patrick Johnson Show to wrap up the week. Uh, Robert, always great to talk to you. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Patrick. How about yourself, man? Doing well. The thing I love about Robert Jones is he is, one, very passionate about football. Two, he watches football actively at all levels. And three, he's not afraid to share his thoughts on what's happening <laughs> with football. 
Well, well, some, sometimes I'm afraid to say to, to share my thoughts, man, because I, I feel like I'm gonna hurt some people's feelings. But, um, <laughs> but for the most part, I try to be very political, but get the message across. I think you get the message across. I think you get the message across. Uh, Robert Jones, who uh, of course uh, had a great career. Uh, in the uh, NFL after his time at ECU with the Cowboys, won some uh, Super Bowl rings, uh, spent, time, uh, spent time in St. Louis and Miami where the Super Bowl lives, of course, uh, a year with the Redskins, uh, the father of Zay Jones. Uh, before we get into the game, Zay uh, leaves Buffalo. He's out in Oakland now. They had a chance to make the playoffs uh, late in the season. Uh, how did you kind of assess Zay's move to Oakland and his prospects, uh, you know, when the Raiders moved to, to Las Vegas and kind of where his career is right now? I think, I think Isaiah, it was a, it was probably the best move for him to go to Oakland. It would have been the best move to go anywhere else. And it's not that, you know, he hates Buffalo or we hate Buffalo. We love Buffalo and we think they're great people. Um, great coaching staff. I love Sean McDermott. Um, I think what he's done up there is wonderful, but I think, you know, with the things and the way things transpired in, in, in Isaiah's career at the beginning, he could never recover um, from those things. And so, you know, when you look at the incident of the, the catch that everybody thought he's supposed to catch against uh, Carolina Panthers, which I thought was a, a was not a really good throw by Tyrod Taylor right. um, in that Carolina game his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he misses that catch, you know, he's, he's really down on himself. And then he didn't get the encouragement from the veteran guys like he like he probably should have gotten the encouragement. And I'm not saying the baby him; he's a pro. But you know, sometimes you need encouragement by the guys that hey, look, it's one mistake, let's move on. And um, and I can understand that that experience because that that happened to me. So as a player that's trying to prove yourself, you came from college and you were the best receiver, and then you miss a ball. You know what happened to Zay was a shock because. He caught everything at East Carolina. Then he dropped this ball, which, again, I think, you know, it, it, when you're a receiver, you have to depend on the quarterback. So I think, you know, you kind of got to look at both of them. Yeah. Um, so he could never recover from that. And I think it was just trying to prove to everybody that he could play this game instead of being that, that savvy veteran that I feel that he is now and um, and just – catching the ball and going about your business. You're going to make mistakes. I've missed tackles. Some of the greatest players have missed certain plays or missed catches, Jerry Rice, all of those guys. And um, they were able to move on and play. So that's what I think uh, was best for Zay, just to move on and start fresh somewhere else. It's uh, great to have uh, ECU All-American Robert Jones, three-time Super Bowl champ, uh, Super Bowl 27-28, Super Bowl 30. Uh, so uh, three out of four Cowboy wins, you were a, uh, right there in the middle of it. Uh, take me back through a little bit of you know where we are at the end of the week, leading into the weekend before the game. Where are you guys with the game plan typically? Uh, where are you guys with uh, where you are in your preparation? Well, if I can go like the, the week before the game, you know, like you said, then, you know, Monday it's kind of like you – kind of get to the, the destination like most of these guys did. Some, I think they came in Sunday or maybe Monday. They may do it a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're trying to get there. You get the week established, coaches set, you know, as far as the game plan and stuff, they get that kind of pulled together. Tuesday is like media day. Um, 
Wednesday, obviously, you know, the, the full practice like you do during a normal regular week. Thursday is a full practice like you do during the, the normal and, and, and regular week. And then Friday, you kind of tone it down um, a little bit and start fine-tuning things that you need to look at, you know, for the game. And then the night before a game on a Saturday, you know, at this point, I think, you know, what they'll probably do is, like, guys got to maybe turn their cell phones over or something like that. But right. you're going to a different hotel. So you stay yeah. at a hotel. Yeah. You stay at one hotel with the family the whole week. And then the night before the game, you go to an exclusive hotel. Nobody knows where it is. Players won't know where it is until they get there that night because they want full concentration, no disturbing, you know, for the game on Sunday. So um, that's kind of like a short version of what happens during the week of Super Bowl. So are you putting in the game plan in the week after the championship game before you go? Because when you go out, as you just noted, and and I even imagine it's even greater today, you kind of have everything in your day planned for because there's other obligations. It's just not getting ready for football. you got media. you got other events that are going on, awards. Uh, there's that kind of thing. So you're preparing for your game. Is, is everything kind of installed in that extra week and then you're fine-tuning, or how did you guys do that in the, in the three Super Bowls that you won? Well, you know, Patrick, I had the I had the privilege to I wouldn't say a privilege. I had the privilege that we finished the championship game, and then the very next week we had to play the Super Bowl, okay. so we rolled right into it. Gotcha. And then I had the I had the opportunity to have a week off, and then the the following week would be the week of the Super Bowl. So, okay, which one uh, did you like better? What did you prefer? I I think having that week off before you go to the week before the Super Bowl was better for us um, because it gives the guys a chance to, to kind of heal up a little bit. You get that extra week off. You know, practices are not so uh, bad. It's just a little bit of running, working the, uh, the, the the wrinkles out of whatever you need to work the wrinkles out in. It gives the coaches a little bit more time to game plan and understand what we're up against um, because when you get to this level, both offenses are – are really good. Both defenses are really good, obviously, because you, you got that far. Um, I I would prefer the, the two weeks rather than rolling right into the very next week. And so, again, um, these guys had two weeks to basically prepare, um, and probably they did most of their work at their respective facility. Um, and then here or at the, uh, the Super Bowl in, in Miami for this year, you know, they're, they're going to still work hard, but um, it's kind of, you know, not so much revealing everything because you, you don't know who's watching. And I know security is there, but it's really just working on the things that you worked on last week right. and, and getting yourself ready to play against a, a, a good football club. The great Robert Jones, ECU All-American linebacker, draft pick in the first round, Super Bowl champ three times over with the – Dallas Cowboys, Zay Jones, his son, the uh, all-time leading receiver, uh, now a member of the uh, Oakland Raiders. Did you get a chance to see I – I know you watch a lot of Zay games. I don't know how much you, you got to watch uh, of other teams or how much you do that. Uh, but did you get to see the – I would presume since Oakland played Kansas City, was Zay there in enough time where you saw Kansas City this year? Um, I was at the Kansas City game Okay. Um, when Oakland played Kansas City and um, – Y'all know, man, I looked at the game a lot different than, you know, the normal or average fan looks at the game. And sure. I'm sure the guys that's played it, 
they look at it differently as well. So I would have loved to have played against some of these guys out here just to just to just just to shut them up. Um, I, I'm just that just that's just a part of me. Right. But, um, you know, obviously you can tell I still miss it, and you and you're very accurate. I look at football, I assess it, I watch it on every level. Yeah. And I, you know, I bite my tongue a lot, and I'll say, "Oh man, that guy can't play." Or I'm like, "Oh wow, that guy's awesome." Um, I'm just all over the map when I'm looking. All right. Football. Well, what do you but, um, what do you think of this matchup, Robert? Who do you who do you like in this game Sunday? I I tell you what, Garoppolo better throw more than eight passes. Yeah, he better throw more than eight passes. Um, and I do think that 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 San Francisco got a a good run game, but I think it has to be complemented with the passing. Um, I just I just feel like Kansas City gonna put up points, and and. San Francisco's defense is a very, very good defense, but I just don't think it can stop them from scoring. And right. so I feel like if Garoppolo can't throw the ball and he's limited to eight passes, and I don't know if that was their choice, but if he's limited to eight passes and you're just running the ball, you're not going to beat Kansas City. So I'm going to give Kansas City the edge in this game. Okay, so that's kind of where the – I mean, it's basically a pick em. Uh Kansas City has is, is sort of become the slight favorite for what that's worth uh, going into this. But I, I kind of agree with you in that I think Kansas City's so dynamic offensively, uh, even though the 49ers are very, are very stout defensively, I, I do think that Kansas City is going to get their points – uh, and uh, and they'll try to loosen them up early to get those uh, to get those points. So uh, it'll be interesting. I'm, uh, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to it as I know you are. Now let's tell you where Robert's going to be. He's going to be uh, in Raleigh. So if you're a uh, pirate fan that is going to be in the area, or uh, perhaps a pirate fan that is uh, got to go and play some uh, travel sports for your kids up in the Raleigh area, we know that's happening a lot this year. Uh, there's going to be a Super Bowl Sunday party at uh, Sammy's Tap and Grill on Avent Ferry Road in Raleigh. Uh, Robert will be there. He'll be part of their 2020 Super Bowl watch party. They'll have great prizes, uh, great uh, beer and uh, drink and food specials, and you can check Robert uh, out uh, there. And Robert will be unplugged. He will, he will go uh, – he'll tell you if he thinks someone can play or not, maybe. Uh, if you, uh, I sure, I sure will. <laughs> I was going to say if they got you a re- uh, some liquid refreshment, but I don't think that'll it'll take that. I think Robert will just tell you what's on his mind, uh, no matter what. Hey, uh, Robert, always great to talk to you, and uh, let's connect sometime here in the next few months and uh, talk some football. But uh, we appreciate your time. Safe travels to you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. And tell Zay uh, hello from everybody in Pirate Nation. All right, sounds good, man. Thank you. That's Robert Jones, ECU all-time great. Uh, a little later on in the show, Nikki Novak. Uh, we'll talk some more Super Bowl uh, with uh, her. But when we uh, return, Cy Seymour set to join us. We'll uh, talk about ECU's game against Houston. Pirates hit the road, uh, and they will be in Philadelphia tomorrow for a matchup against Temple. Some details on that game and some thoughts of Cy Seymour, analyst on the network, when uh, we return. It is the uh, Get You to the Weekend, the Super Bowl weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. You're listening to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 
Ben Barham here for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. ECU football hires a familiar face in Trip Weaver as their safeties coach. Weaver helped the Pirates to a conference title and four bowl appearances as a defensive staff assistant before following six seasons of full-time collegiate coaching experience at the Citadel JMU in Western Carolina. ECU pitcher Gavin Williams hurt his finger on his throwing hand in practice earlier today. He will miss the start of the season. There's no timetable on how long he may be out. Williams was possibly going to be the opening day starter. It was first reported by the Daily Reflectors' Ronnie Woodward. ECU basketball looks to rebound from a tough loss at home against Houston. They travel to Temple tomorrow at 6 and hopes to get in their fourth conference win of the season. Here's what head coach Joe Dooley had to say about the team needing to improve their mental toughness. I think the only people that can take your confidence is yourself. You can only, the only person who can take confidence is yourself. So we, we've got to be mature enough and tough enough that when things don't go right, that you continue to play, you worry about playing the right way and, and getting better. And I mean, it, you, you look around the country, some of the scores you can't understand. So I don't know if we read too much into that stuff. ECU wins basketball looks to ride off the momentum of their first conference win against Memphis last Tuesday. They travel to Wichita State tomorrow to take on the 11 and 10 Shockers. Tip-off scheduled for 3 o'clock. In high school hoops action tonight, North Pitt travels to Southwest Edgecombe. Farville Central hosts Nash Central. JP2 battles Wayne Christian. Rivalry matchup between D.H. Conley and J.H. Rose. Aiden Griffin matching up against Washington. Oakwood hosts Rocky Mount Academy. And Parrot Academy taking on Grace Christian. Two from the 252 have been named to the NBA All-Star team. Bam Adebayo, who grew up in the Beaufort, who grew up in Beaufort County, selected from the Miami Heat. Bam averaging 16 points, 10.4 rebounds, 4.7 assists, while shooting 58.9% from the field. Hits the native Brandon Ingram, who was in his first season with the Pelicans, is also an all-star reserve. He's averaging a career highs in points per game, 25, ranked 14th in the NBA, three-point field goal percentage, free throw percentage, rebounds per game, and assists per game. The 69th, the 69th NBA All-Star Game will be played at the United Center in Chicago on Sunday, February 16th. Here at 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Barham. Here we go. We're back. Back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. It's always a treat when we get a chance to talk to Cy Seymour, the Pirates in Philadelphia tomorrow for Temple. Cy will be on the radio call 5.30. Uh, here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT all across the East. Cy also uh, will uh, be on the call once things begin at 6 o'clock alongside uh, Jeff Charles from the City of Brotherly Love. Uh, we welcome in Cy Seymour here on this Friday. Cy, how are you? Good, Pat. Hope you're doing well. I am. Uh, very excited uh, about uh, tomorrow's game. More on that in a minute. You know, I, I certainly kind of left... Uh, Wednesday night encouraged, uh, certainly not in the result, certainly not in the fact that the Pirates can't hit a three, miss some front ends, uh, but I leave that we did a pretty good job, all things considered, on the defensive backboards. You know, Houston ended up getting theirs in the second half, but, uh, you know, I, I think I think they, that, that was a good plan. The offense was working. I mean, what they were running was working because they got the shots, they just weren't making them. And Jaden Gardner's postgame comment was really interesting, talking about this group's going to play hard. Now, there's some you know thinly veiled reference there to maybe Jaden's first year. Uh, but this group is a nice nucleus. And we talked about it right before we went on. Last week's, last year's result against this Houston team, uh, 
would have been 25, 30 points. No doubt about it. And, and you know, when you look at the basketball game, when you can tie Houston in rebound, 43 apiece, that, that's just unbelievable. And you beat them on the offensive glass by one. And they are out rebounding their opponents on the offensive glass, glass by right out of hundreds. Uh, then you have really played well. Because I've always said, rebounding is hustling and wanting it. And Joe's team out And Well, they stayed even with the team that's the best, I think, one of the best in the country. They are the best rebounding team, but they really work hard. And Joe's ball club, Coach Dooley's ball club, worked just as hard. The problem is, as you said, didn't make shots. I think that four-minute run at the end of the first half, mm-hmm. when they had four guys with two fouls, we talked about that, Patrick. You go down by 12, and you never could make it up. You outscored them in the second half by two, but that little run right there, they took advantage of it with four guys who didn't have the offensive firepower in, and they, they go up 33-21 at the half. They go up by 12. Then you make a little bit of a run, but you can't quite get there. Against good teams like Houston, everything has to go your way. And ECU, you know, when you shoot four for 23 from three, you're just not going to beat a team like Houston. You've got to have some breaks. But at least, I, I really felt like at least ECU had chances. And that's the mark of a good basketball coach. He puts you in positions that you can win if your talent can come through. We just didn't come through. But a great effort by ECU against a really strong Houston team. Cy Seymour with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, Jaden Gardner comes a point shy and a rebound shy of a 30-20 double-double. <laughs> I mean, he, he is relentless. You know, you, you're thinking, well, you know what we've done away with? The term sophomore slump. <laughs> that, that, that statement does not work with Jane Gardner. I'm telling you, man, he outworks everybody. And, uh, you know, Kelvin Sampson, who's seen every bit of talent everywhere, said he's the best player we played against this year. And that, that says something. I mean, and Jaden is. He, he's, he's relentless. And if you get somebody, if you get a double team on him and you're not 6'11 and quick and mobile, you're in trouble. I mean, he, he even the other night, that team had that, and he still got 29. I mean, he, he's just an unbelievable talent that you can't put. He's an icon. That's what he – I mean, how do you fix it? And he's just – he's getting better and better. Uh, what a treat to watch play. You know, when we talk about, well, he's below the rim, he's not that tall, he doesn't jump all that great, you kind of then equate the maybe not that athletic and slow moniker uh, with him. But the thing is this, I thought he was the quickest guy out there on offense at times the other night. No doubt about it. He's quick. His time is impeccable. His timing is just unbelievable. It's impeccable. And, I, and, I, and the other part of it is he has strong hands. And you know what he's done? He's gained, I think, seven inches on his vertical with uh, Benny, the strength coach, the mm-hmm. coaches. Mm-hmm. And he and he's getting up. I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's getting up above it, playing for – you know, the other night he had a dunk fest against Tulane. I mean, he's doing a lot of nice things everywhere now, and now he knocked down a three. And so when you're when you're a visiting coach, you say, how do you guard this guy? And there's not a real good way to do it. You know, I'm telling you. Now, on the road, it's tougher because he won't get the bump calls that he, he'll get at home. But the truth is, he gets fouled on the road, and, and they don't call it. He keeps right on playing through it. Uh, I mean, it's just part of being on the road. I'm not – the refereeing has been good. I'm not saying that anything. But I'm just saying you get buffed a little more on the road. And 
he plays right through it, but that little bit off messes him a little bit. But he is a tremendous, tremendous player in the American. We got ECU and Temple coming up in basketball tomorrow night. Cy Seymour joins us to uh, preview that. Uh, Cy, one more thing on uh, this edition and uh, kind of out of the game the other night before we look a little more closely at Temple. Uh, you know, I, I, I think right now, uh, you know, the, the, the inability to kind of have that other person that can get into the paint with the basketball uh, is yeah. is really hampering this offense as much as, you know, not being able to knock down a perimeter shot. Uh, maybe they go hand-in-hand in, hand in, in a sense. Out of the point position, regardless of who's playing it, out of the point position, what does, does ECU need starting tomorrow? Well, I, th- I think you're right. I think you have to – you got to – someone has to step on the perimeter to shoot it well. It doesn't matter who. Uh, you know, Tremont's got to step it up. Or, and I love the way Tristan Newton's play, playing. But the other night, those two kids who are, who are young, man, you got to understand, uh, freshman and sophomore, they were two for 12. You got to get more out of them. J.J. Miles has a decent night, three for seven. Tyree is not shooting it well, but he's playing great defensively. He's got to make some buckets. Those guys have got to step up for you on the perimeter. And, and I tell you, uh, Brandon Suggs has played great for a freshman. He's two for five the other night, but you know he gets in foul trouble because he's always guarding a really good player. They got to shoot it better from the perimeter. And Coleman's coming on. He's playing better, but he's got, you know he's a freshman that is not used to this caliber of talent. I love the way he's playing, but Jaden's got to have some help from there, too. So it take, it's going to take everybody for ECU to, to be successful on the road. Temple is 10-10, and 2-6. and six. They've lost four in a row. Uh, they're just a game over 500 at home. I actually had been saying here lately, well, you know, they've kind of turned it around. Well, you know, that's two weeks ago when they beat Wichita State, which kind of, I mean, it wasn't kind of, it was an upset. They won by home, and it looked like they were getting their act together. Uh, but uh, they played uh, three of their next four on the road, although Penn was a game up in Philly at the Palestra. Uh, point is that uh, they've dropped four straight. They played Cincy tough, but they uh, didn't play real well against UConn the other night. Well, you know, anytime there's a coaching change, and, and listen, Aaron McKee is going to be a really good coach there, but he, he took Fran Dumphy's place, who was a legend in Philadelphia. Uh, from Penn to Temple, he's an icon up in that area. He's just a great coach. Has won more games than anybody could ever believe that it, anybody could win. Well, and then Aaron McKee comes in, who's understand, uh, but it's a different, it's a change. It's a changing style. Uh, and so McKee takes over. Now, I'll tell you what he has. He's got Quentin Rhodes, who I really like. He's got Nate Carraway at the guards. They are really good. Uh, but, again, they've lost a lot of kids off that other team. Uh and, and, and you know, Austin was tremendous for them last year as a, as a senior. She yeah. is Austin. But, well, that hurts when you lose that kind of caliber of kid, and they lost some big kids inside. Echenique's, uh not Echenique, big kid inside, they lost. Uh, but they lost two big kids, not only him. Uh, and so they're rebuilding, too. And you said it right. They're, they're 10 and 10 for a reason. This is a very good league, and they've been inconsistent. And how you handle February, we'll see what you'll be like next year. So they're, you know, they're getting ready to go February. Can you regroup your kids and get back to playing Temple basketball? It's going to be a hard game tomorrow, but it's a winnable game. You said it right. ECU, Joe's got his team playing hard. Mike can steal one on the road. It won't be easy because of their guard play. But if ECU shoots it well, they've got a chance. Yeah, Temple struggled shooting the basketball. Uh, they're not relentless on the backboards. 
so there's some factors there that uh, could could help, especially the Pirates play D and rebound. And, you know, that's part of that culture establishment in the program. You know, shooting's going to come and go. I don't care who you are. Uh, you're, you're gonna, exactly. There's, there's going to be nights you struggle shooting the basketball, but the defense and rebounding always packs. And, you know, that's the, that's a big reason ECU was able to hang in there against Houston the other night because they played defense, they rebounded the basketball. And you know what? It was the same for Houston. Isn't that funny? It is. Yeah. It's defensive and rebounding that won it for, for Houston. They didn't shoot the ball well. Right. And then when you look at ECU, they didn't shoot it well, and they were in the game because of their defense and rebound. Yeah. And that's the mark of good coaches. These, listen, Joe Dooley and his staff really are really, really special. And I mean every guy on that staff, all the way down. I mean, and, and, and look, I don't want to name everybody because I'm taking a week, but they're all great guys, <laughs> and they're all good co- I'm just telling you, this is a top-notch staff, and they all are doing the right thing. And, and so – just got to keep hope they stay with it don't get discouraged because they're, they're doing a tremendous job uh Cy Seymour's uh with us uh here nice article too by uh, our friend and uh, regular on the show here Brian Mull who you met the other night uh in Forbes uh which has really done a lot of sports uh coverage uh in the last few years but uh, we talked a lot about Kelvin Sampson but Kelvin you know and he had a lot of great things in that article and, and Kelvin did too to say about uh uh, Joe Dooley and ECU, kind of like you just were there, uh, Cy. So that uh, uh, is something that uh, we made mention of earlier, but I wanted to make mention of, uh, again, if you've not checked it out. Uh, Cy, give me some keys to the game tomorrow. Well, I think, I think the keys to the game, first of all, you can't turn it over. You, you, this team will come at you with their guards. They're very good. You can't turn it over. Live ball turnovers. you got to shoot it. you got to shoot it well. And someone has to step up on, on that perimeter. One or two guys have got to knock down shots. Jaden's going to be Jaden. He's going to play hard. He's going to get his. He's going to do the right stuff. The other part is, I think defensively, again, you, you got to. Rose is a real player. He's a six-eight guard that can can score inside or out. And uh, and I, I've always loved the Pierre Louis kids. Both of them. They got a new one coming in. But our brother, they're good. Nate Pierre Louis is a really good player. Those guys can really come at you. And you're going to have to be on them at all times, Nate and Josh. They're both good players. But having said all that, it's a winnable game. And a lot of times when you go to Philadelphia, you can't say that. This team can beat them. Joe's got them playing hard. Hopefully it'll carry over and maybe they get a break break on the road. Yeah, it'd be good to break through and get a road win. And the, the you know, next month, even though it's a grind, there are some more favorable matchups on the schedule. Uh, in my opinion, especially here over You're the next right few games, it. yeah, uh, for ECU. You're right on it. You know, it's it, like it's like we said the other night. It's good to be looking at the standings, and there you are. You know, you're not uh, at yeah. the bottom of the stand. You can kind of look and say, "All right, well, we could do this if we win some games." So it's it's a good and, feeling. And to Patrick, do that. you know how good this league is. I yeah, mean, you understand. Every night is a t- uh, you know the L night. Uh, they were saying this league could get four, maybe five teams in. I mean, and yeah. it's the truth. It's that good a league. So be fun to watch it down the stretch. Uh, but it's nice to be able to mention ECU being in every game. That's that's a great listen. That's an unbelievable feat for the staff and the program. Hey, Cy, have a good trip, and uh, let's uh, pull the Pirates through. You got it, buddy. Talk to you later. Pirate basketball tomorrow, five thirty airtime, six o'clock tip. It will be uh, Temple hosting ECU. You can hear it right here 
on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT, the flagship stations of the ECU Pirates. Stick and stay. Nikki Novak wraps up the uh, show talking the Super Bowl. She's from Fandango. There's a tie-in. Yeah, trust me. There's a tie-in. Tell you about it next. From the left coast, joins us now. Hello, Nikki Novak. How are you? Are you serenading me? I am. I, I, that was kind of a serenade, wasn't it, Ben? I thought I sounded good there. I got excited by the Fandango music, and I wanted to sing. So there we go. Uh, Fandango.com, as my grandma would say. Nikki Novak can be found uh, there. Uh, there, you know, it's super on cool. that internet thing. on that on the World Wide <laughs> Web's www.fandango.com. Uh, Nikki Novak, <laughs> Nikki Novak joins us here, and like many times, I'm sure she's wondering why. Uh, so, Nikki, let me <laughs> let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you. Uh, you know, we talk movies with you that are coming out. We talk movie awards, everything from the world of cinema. Here's though what yeah. I here's what I learned about you. You used to cover the Super Bowl on the regular, <laughs> like you were a correspondent covering the Super Bowl for various or for a specific outlet. So this for is for a specific outlet. Yeah, yes. this fascinates I, I me. This fascinates me. What was that like? I know this. We sort of got talking about this after we were off air last week, and then said, "Hold on, there's so little you know about me." <laughs> That's story time with Nikki is what it is. Story Super, time with Nikki. Super yeah, Bowl because edition. basically, yeah, there's not. You know, January is just not January, February. Sometimes not the biggest for new releases. And look, there's a big sporting event happening this week, so why not talk about it? But yes, I used to cover the Super Bowl, I think, seven years in a row. What? I went to the Super Bowl. Well, did you start when yeah, you were 12? My gosh, how are you serious? Nine. Don't insult me like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I had a claim to fame uh, that I said I was going to tell this story, yeah. that I covered the Super Bowl the year that Marshawn Lynch famously got fined by the NFL for not doing interviews. So this if was you not, remember this, story. this was not the quote of him saying, I'm just here not to get fined, which sort of lives in sports infamy. This is what yeah. precipitated the comment, I'm just here not to get fined. In other words, the other time the Seahawks made it, he didn't show, he got fined. And then that yes, that's that yes, that's yes, that yes. particular Super Bowl. The no, first... I'm sorry. I was covering it. I was covering it. I don't think he was playing in it that year, but it was the year he wouldn't do interviews. Oh, yeah. I see. Don't, so during the regular season. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I was at, so I was at, you know, Super Bowl. When I say I was at the Super Bowl, you know, you go for the whole week and you cover all the parties and you cover because, you know, there's so many athletes and generally it's the ones that aren't playing in the game that, you know, but my boss was cool because he used to put us in the same hotel where all the athletes that were playing in the game would be staying and we would sort of see who was partying, who wasn't. We'd be like, oh, we know who's going to win. <laughs> I, I kid because they were never partying, but we got to meet all the wives. Like it's a whole thing. But anyway, mm. so um, it was it was the one in New York. And now I sound like I never covered it because I have, I have memory <laughs> loss. I don't remember, but I was the one in New York. And I remember Marshawn Lynch had just given that famous quote. I think a little bit before that about I'm just here. So I won't get fined. And I remember my boss 
found out that, you know, Marshawn Lynch is really into charity and doing charity work. And he, you know, helps the community where he grew up in. And he's really into that. And he had had a really bad relationship with the press, sort of asking him certain questions. And so my boss found out that he was promoting some charity event at some hard rock cafe or one of those in New York. Mm -hmm. And said, well, let's just show up. And he wasn't obviously doing interviews. He was just there to promote this charity, throw a party. And he was, he invited press to take photos and that's it. Well, my boss said, well, let's just bring a microphone and a video camera. You never know. Right. (laughs) So I don't know how this happened, but he was up on a stage. They put him up on this platform to take photos. I ran up onto the platform with my microphone. My camera guy was beneath me where all the photographers were. And I just start talking to him. And I just start asking him questions. And then I said to him, and, you know, he loves M&Ms or whatever it was, Skittles or what was ever, whatever his thing was. And so I said, do you mind if we roll? And he's like, sure. So <laughs> I got like, I got the only interview with Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> like, and look, I wasn't asking him anything controversial. I wasn't doing anything like that would provoke him. We just had a fun conversation. He told me about his charity. We joked about Skittles. And we became buddies. And we, this interview, you know, got tons of views just because, it, you know, he was talking in an interview. And it turns out, like, we started DM each other, DMing each other. And then he would invite me to, like, if he was having a thing, a charity thing. And I ended up um, going to, like, a ribbon cutting um, where I covered the Super Bowl that was in San Francisco in Oakland. And I went to some ribbon cutting in his town and I met his mom and he was just a lovely guy. So Marshawn and I are buddies. (laughs) And you you still text occasionally with Marshawn, right? No, I haven't in a long time. I actually should catch up with him, but I I haven't in a long time. But nice. I have to tell you, just, just such a teddy bear. The sweetest guy. Love the guy, you know, and I get, you know, sometimes what happens, especially with athletes, which I find, you know, like this, because I've met Serena Williams and, uh, did a show with her once, and so I, th- I get the feeling like Nikki, sometimes. Let me, let me pick up these names you're dropping all over here. Let me get that for you. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So sorry, you thought I just knew uh, um, actors, directors? No, no, <laughs> athletes are my thing. Um, no, anyway, so yeah, so I I worked with her, and I think sometimes you know they do these press conferences, and the press really go after them with questions. So I think sometimes they can have a bad relationship and then they think sort of, you know, they get a little defensive. But I got to tell you, Marshawn Lynch, one of my favorite people, huh. such a sweet guy. How about yeah. that? <laughs> well, that's a story. Nikki Novak from Fandango <laughs> is with us here. Now, you will never talk to me again after this. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, you know, he got off the couch this year, played in a couple games in the playoffs and all that, don't you? Like he didn't I don't even know this. I had to Google a week ago who was in the Super Bowl. I'm really what? sorry, but I'm so out of it now. No, because during award season, I uh, get really caught up season. with yeah. movies and constantly, constantly going to these events and that. So I, I used to, I actually used to be in all these football pools. I used to be really into it, okay. and I have. I'm ashamed to say I'm not. I'm not as following it as much. Nikki Novak um, originally uh, was born in Canada. Is the Super yeah. Bowl a phenomena in Canada? Which is great because we didn't watch CFL. We watched the NFL. And when you're from Canada, ah. you can kind of pick whatever team you want to root for. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I mean, was it a big deal up there like it is here? Like Super Bowl Sunday, no. a huge deal in Canada? Oh, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you watch it, and it's a big deal. But okay. you don't have a team. You know, you don't really have a team to root for. I guess from Toronto, a lot of people rooted for the Bills, but I never liked the Bills. Okay. So I never rooted for them. So who would be your um, team? If you yeah. had an NFL team, if you had to say, here's the NFL team that I'm sort of interested in, 
who would it be, or, or is your fandom sort of out there still for uh, for whoever's you? winning that year? I got you. Okay, no, that's fine. That's <laughs> no, a no, fair no. answer. I actually really like, and people are gonna. Oh gosh, people are not gonna like me for saying this. Some people will, but I love the Patriots and Tom Brady. I just think he's. I just think well, what they've nice, accomplished. It was nice having really you on, really Nikki, cool. and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Uh, Nikki Novak. But for... growing, up, growing up, I actually love the 49ers, oh. and now they're playing this weekend. So, so yes. you're rooting for them in a so. sense. In a yes, way. I okay. am. All right, very good. Nikki but, Novak. Well, actually, while, while Marshawn and I were, I always rooted for the Seahawks, always. Ah, I that see. Like, I see. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you knew someone on the team, and you were friendly with them. That's fine. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So you That's my claim to fame. You were well, no, you, There's another claim to fame we're going to talk about in a minute. You almost went to Miami this weekend because the fast, yeah. the latest Fast and Furious, they're doing like a big release event this week, right? Yeah. Well, the Fast, Fast and Furious Nine, Fast Nine is coming out in a couple of months, but they're doing this weekend. They are doing a big party in Miami on Friday night. And they're having like a big concert. I want to say it's like Cardi B and a bunch of people are performing. But Vin Diesel and everybody will be down there. And they are kicking off, you know, the Super Bowl weekend by showing the trailer for Fast 9. And, you know, all the stars in the movie will be there. It's going to be a big party. And, yeah, lots of people performing. I think some surprise. So I was going to I was going to go. But now Judy calls here. I have a word. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, All right. Now, uh, some some. Trivia, Ben. Nikki Novak was in the in a, in a football movie. Do you know which football movie she was in, Ben? Let's see if Ben knows this without Googling. Don't Google. No uh, Google. Rudy. Rudy. Whoa. How old do you think I am? I know. How old do you think, Nikki? You know, she's covered. Wait, what year was Rudy? Rudy I've never even like... seen Rudy, so. Rudy was like in the uh, 80s or 90s. That was 93. That was 93. You have been exposed. No, she was not in Rudy. She was in Any Given Sunday. I was in Any Given Sunday with, um, yeah, I was in a movie with Al Pacino. List. Al Pacino. That was Jamie, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Jamie, Jamie Foxx Fox. was in it, yeah. Never even seen that Jamie movie. Fox. Wow. Oliver Stone directed the movie, and it was actually, come full circle here with Super Bowl weekend, shot in Miami, and I was living in Miami at the time. Had never acted before in my life. Right. But thought I wanted to be an actress, which led me here. To doing what I do now and was basically told, you know, you're just going to walk in a room and just say one line or something. You're going to audition to be a football player's wife in the movie. And I walk in and Oliver Stone is there auditioning everybody. And I'm like, what the heck? Usually you don't audition for the director until like the final call and it's a big role. And he gives me this whole monologue to read. I didn't even know what a monologue was. I just started reading it and he started laughing. <laughs> and then he booked me. <laughs> so I ended up working for like a week and I ended up getting one line in the movie. But the funny thing was then Oliver Stone is so detailed with, you have to be authentic. The movie has to be authentic that he had me in the background for the rest of the week shooting all these, while they're shooting these other scenes. And so I got to watch Al Pacino, like from three feet away, do his thing. And that was just amazing. Yeah. And that's when I knew I could never be an actress. (laughs) So, but you were on set for a week, right? Is that what you're saying? I was on set for a week, yeah. Night shoots. It was not fun. Okay. Now, do you get do you get for a role like that? Is there like a certain scale or a certain wage you get for because you have a line, and then the rest of the week is you're in the background, they pay you something additional or yeah, separate? Well, How does that work? Yeah, I still get residual checks, like 30 oh, wow. cents every, well, you know, two months or five months or and, whatever. You still you get re- residual checks yeah. forever. But the cool thing is... 
I wasn't supposed to actually have a line in the movie. And then to get your SAG card, you have to have a line in a movie to mm-hmm. be eligible. Mm-hmm. And so they threw me a line so that I could get my SAG card. So, wow. um, yeah, so it was just a really great experience. It was a fun experience. Um, and it was a fun movie. I, I, it wasn't like the most revered of Oliver Stone movies, but what do I care? I got to work with all these people. It was great. And this, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, has been the totality of Nikki Novak's <laughs> football knowledge and contributions to our Super Bowl spectacular. <laughs> I think I, I think Tell all these stories were great. Everything. I thought all these stories were fantastic. <laughs> You're I, probably like, this is better than your movie reviews. <laughs> no, I, I love the movie reviews, but I, I think the whole thing was, was, uh, was excellent. I think the whole thing was great. It was well, very thank interesting. Thank you very to me. much. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Nikki. <laughs> Thank you. Have a wonderful Super Bowl weekend. You too. Thanks to Robert Jones, Dickie Novak, and uh, Cy Seymour. KC and the Sunshine Band. Friend of the show, Harry Wayne Casey. Shout out, 69 brother today. Lives in Durham. Cam Newton telling CBS Sports Radio he's sure he'll be back in Carolina. Long enough to be traded. I added that last part. Uh, Chiefs by three, Ben. Uh, I got San Fran by two touchdowns. I'm getting bold really? here. Okay. Chiefs run defense is suspect. I'm going to leave it at that. Dimitri Rivanos with us on Monday to talk all things Super Bowl, the game, the halftime, the whole night. Enjoy the big game. Have a great weekend.